This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And then there was a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. I am shocked at your behavior. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, let's get to our vintage scandal. Vintage. Michael Caine. Michael Caine Marvel is my name. Pine. Michael Caine, the coolest man in the room. He's he written, really is. He's, he wrote a memoir called The Elephant to Hollywood in 2010. And okay. Now, a remind new, people what he was in. Uh, he, I'll tell you as right. we go along all in the right. story. His second book is out because his first book did so well, and it's called Blowing the Bloody Doors Off. Okay. And we're getting more stories. So, people, his breakout movie for him was 1966, a British movie called Elfie, which was remade oh. with Jude Law. What's it all about? Yes. Elfie. And so, here's some. Uh, uh, couple of juicy stories from his new memoir, Blowing the Bloody Doors Off, that he didn't tell in his first memoir. And he's 85 years old. He's been married for 47 years. Um, when he was on the cusp of fame, he was an up-and-coming actor, and yeah. he was sent to Hollywood because they knew the British filmmakers. They had a hit on their hand with Elfie. They put him up at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Of course. On Sunset Boulevard to promote his movie. And in the lobby... Of the Beverly Hills Hotel, where if you right now to this day sat in that lobby, you would see people coming and going, famous people. He ran into John Wayne, who oh. in 1966 was the biggest movie star in the sure. world. Mm. And he had his cowboy gear on, John Wayne. And John Wayne told Michael Caine, you're going to be a star kid, but if you want to stay one, remember this. Talk low. And talk slow. slow. And don't talk too much. Oh, These are good star words to live by Mm -hmm. because you get in trouble. Okay? Talk low, talk slow, and don't say too much. And then he added what Michael Caine said he thought was very strange. And don't wear suede shoes. (laughs) And Michael... Elvis. Yeah, Michael Caine asked him, and they're just having this conversation, the Beverly Hills Hotel in 1966. Why not? And John Wayne said, because I was taking a piss the other day. And the guy in the next stall recognized me and turned towards me. And he said, hey, John Wayne, you're my favorite actor. And he peed all over my suede shoes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And the Duke just kind of gave him a nod and sauntered off out of the hotel. And Michael Caine took the tale to heart as he writes in his memoir, Blowing the Bloody Doors Off. I never wear suede shoes. That's absolutely That's hysterical. You might get yeah. recognized yes. and people will turn. Not everyone in L.A. welcomed Michael Caine quite so enthusiastically that first weekend. The day after his encounter with John Wayne, uh, Michael Caine asked Betty Davis to dinner. And she snappily accused him of trying to pick her up. Oh, for crying out loud. 
she was bristly. She, she oh, prickly, yeah. prickly, yeah. prickly. I mean, like Michael Caine at 33. Yeah, please pick me up. Um, anyway, he's got 170 movie credits and counting, but back in the early 60s, long before he won two Academy Awards, Hannah and her sisters, and the Cider House Rules, and got knighted by Queen Elizabeth, he was just another London working class kid trying to make mm-hmm. it. People didn't believe he would do it. One executive told Michael Caine, you have no future in show business at all. Another uh, movie guy in uh, London canceled his contract, and I'm quoting Michael Caine from his book okay. because you look like a queer on screen. Remember the six? 60s, this is in the yeah. 60s, oh my gosh, and it's yeah. against the law right. in England yes, yes. to be gay. Yep. And he writes and blown the bloody doors off. Even his Cockney accent um, was a problem. I was told no one outside of England would ever understand me, and that one really strung really stung me but sure. that accent also made him very rakish oh yeah on screen yeah. and so flush with the success of Alfie Michael Caine a promiscuous chauffeur he became a, a fixture and got was at all the London hotspots in the 60s which was Tramps and Annabelle's and he spent evenings hanging out with assorted Rolling Stones and Beatles, apparently George Harrison, he writes, once serenaded him at Annabelle's on the ukulele. <laughs> he had his hair cut by Vidal Sassoon. Oh, gosh, he, what a blast from the past. He dated all the hot sex symbol women of the 70s or the 60s, including Nancy Sinatra. And while he was dating Nancy Sinatra, he was invited by Nancy to join the family on a private plane from Palm Springs to Las Vegas. And he found himself with Frank Sinatra. Okay, that's like a 10-minute flight because it's like a 40-minute drive. Well, yeah, but Palm still, yeah. private okay. plane. You know, this is yeah, yeah. rich people, famous yeah. people. They're not going to drive. And he was so, grilling him about his relationship with Nancy. And he said, I was nervous, but my accent fascinated Frank Sinatra. He thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. I felt intimidated and tried not to show it. He laughed whenever I spoke, so that helped. <laughs> then wow. he's got a story about Shelley Winters. Oh. Okay. He um, was on the set of Alfie. It was 8 a.m., the first day of the shooting of the movie that's going to change his life. He's en route to makeup when Shelley Winters says, let's go slip off for a quickie and calm both of our nerves. Okay. And Love he, so this is really he what turned happens. and ran away. He said, I was in no mood for that on the first day of what I just She was knew. hot then. Oh, gorgeous. She played Ruby. Of mm-hmm. the biggest movie of my career. And he said, Shelly later claimed she was just kidding, but he was never quite sure. I don't know what would have happened if I'd done it. I was so stunned and nervous. I think I would have failed miserably. He also had, and he writes about Michael Caine, about, in his book, his second memoir, Blowing the Bloody Doors Off, all these stories, none of them were in his first book. So he had a very awkward encounter on the set of 1987's Hannah and Her Sister, which Woody Allen directed, and the film co-starred Woody Allen's girlfriend, Mia Farrell. Oh, yeah. Yes. Before okay, they broke up. Me. And it was shot in her Manhattan apartment. I didn't know that. Remember in, that in whose man? In, in Mia Farrow. Because oh, remember, Mia yes, Farrow and Woody yes. Allen lived across the yeah, street yeah. in two yes. separate brownstones. And Mia Farrow and Michael Caine had a love scene together. And he said, here I am being directed by her lover in their bedroom, on their bed, 
I was so uncomfortable. And then I looked over and standing on the other side of the bed was Andre Previn, her former lover and husband. He was visiting. I thought, bloody hell, I didn't know he would be years. Well, the next thing I knew is I forgot all my lines. Wow. And of course he didn't know. Everyone was invited. He didn't know at the time that, you know, probably Woody was, you know, banging the stepdaughter or having, you know, whatever. So make it more. And then he tells us, got a story about Harvey Weinstein. Apparently they worked on a quirky little 98 musical Miramax put out called Little Voice. And oh, Michael, that's a really good movie. Is it? Yes, I've seen it. It's wonderful. It is. Okay. It, so it's like, but it was like not well known no, or not whatever. At all. Okay, so who are we talking about with so Michael Caine? Michael Caine, is, the movie's being produced by Harvey Weinstein and his oh, brother, yeah, Merrimack. Yeah, yeah. He had he he writes in his book, I had no idea of the terrible reality of Harvey and his misdeeds. He said, but there was one time that I had a terrible is it row or row? How row. Does, row. Argument. With him. Yeah, I knew it was an argument, but yeah. I didn't oh, know how okay. the Brits say it. I had a terrible row with him. I don't even remember what it was about, but I remember I called him dishonest. This oh, is Michael Caine to Harvey. Yes. He said, Michael, I am an honest man. I will only stab you in the chest. <laughs> oh, my And he word. said, and that pretty much sums up my view of Harvey. Okay. Wow. And as far as his own encounters with the casting couch, he said um, he didn't ever get propositioned, but he did acknowledge as his young days as an early theater actor, it used to go a bit quiet when I took off my trousers in the communal men's dressing room. Mm-hmm. So just maybe mm-hmm. people taking a peek, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> he also he did this in this his other. Peak. In his other book, but in this book, Blown the Bloody Doors Off, he refers to himself as being a piss artist, which means, British slang, a huge drinker. He said, at one point, I I drank a bottle of vodka a day. It was due to the uncertainty of my life and the tension of making movies. And in 1959, so this is why he's just acting on stage, trying to get his movie break. He's on stage. He's in London. And he's in the company of Peter O'Toole. Because oh, those guys another were great big friends. alcoholic. Yes. They split a bottle of brandy, and mm-hmm. Michael Caine woke up and completely dressed in the same bed as Peter O'Toole, and he had no idea how he got there. And Peter <laughs> O'Toole told Michael Caine this about boozing and waking up places: "Never ask what you did. It's better not to know." <laughs> that is damn okay. good advice. Sometimes yeah. I think yeah. that is. Um, and uh, according. To, you know, Michael Caine, he said, I, I was terrible. I had terrible experiences with marijuana and cocaine. I was at a Hollywood party and went to put a teaspoon of sugar in my coffee. The hostess ran over, told me not to do it. I was dipping into a bowl of cocaine. Wow. That's how prolific it was. As for marijuana, he said, I smoked it one time, laughed for five hours, almost gave myself a hernia, stood in the streets of London. I couldn't get anyone to stop for me. I had to walk two miles home. I never tried it again. (laughs) (laughs) And he cut back on boozing after he married his wife in 1973, but he loved the, he was buddies with everybody. Okay. David Bowie, Mm -hmm. yachting, check. He said, I was an admirer of his. He was a big movie fan. We got on great. He and Elton John traveled together. 
and they dodged paparazzi in Capri. And mm-hmm. he said Elton was always complaining about being surrounded by the photographers and hating it. And I told him, if you want to avoid the paparazzi. Don't dress like this. That's right. Mm-hmm. Start by not wearing bright yellow suits yes. and bedazzled glasses. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yep, yep. Exactly. And when Michael Caine was ready to give up on show business in the mid-90s after aging out of leading man status, Jack Nicholson said, focus on being an actor. Don't focus on being a star. And he's great friends with Jack Nicholson. And I'll just quickly, I know I have to go. The summer of 2003, Michael Caine is walking the beautiful streets of Beverly Hills by his neighborhood. And you know, we've it's beautiful neighborhoods to walk. Mm -hmm. He's walking. And who comes walking up his driveway? Christopher Nolan who's got the screenplay for Batman Begins. Yep. And he said, please read this. I want you to be Alfred the butler. And Kane said, what will my line be? Would you like some dinner, sir? (laughs) And he said, just, you got to read it. And so he credits in this book that that movie brought him back, brought him back to a whole generation of fans. It's been fabulous. And um, he also um, has been in like five movies that Christopher Nolan has cast. Christopher Nolan didn't have anything for him in Dunkirk, but when he made it, and we all love that movie last yep. year, he said, Chris cast me as the voice of the squad leader. I he can was. be heard on the pilot's radio. Mm-hmm. He made sure to give me a credit so I would be his lucky charm on Dunkirk. And that movie made a great deal of money. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sounds like a cool. good Good book. He also found out that after his mother died, he had an older disabled half-brother in an asylum that his mother had kept hidden for oh my over gosh. 50 years. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yep. Did you get, reveal his real name? I did not. Morris Micklewhite. Yeah. yeah. Again, good idea to change yes. the stage name of mm-hmm. Michael Caine. But yeah, that's... Uh, Maurice. Yeah. Maurice. That's Morris. In, in the UK, it's pronounced Morris. Oh, Morris. And yes. he might have also bonded over Jack Nicholson with this story because Jack Nicholson found out that his sister was his mother and his mother was his grandmother. Oh, remember and that? Remember, remember that? that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so there we go. Anyway, right. if you want to read it, Blown the Bloody Doors Off. Sounds like I a great I love him book. in a movie. Love him. All right, we'll be right back with favorite headlines.